0: um good evening or um good day i suppose it all depends on your schedule or preference or availability sorry i'm getting confused here is this is this thing even even on am i am i doing this properly y- yes the the red light oh, okay you're listening to volumes of fear Usually Winston does the show introductions, but he is currently running late. He'll join us when he gets here. In the meantime, I'm supposed to Bip the Dotin I I can't read this. His handwriting is that of a fifth grader. Uh oh hit the button. Yes.
1: I'll do that now. Na- Presented by Crimson Night Productions. This is Volumes of Fear, a scripted horror comedy podcast. And here is your host, Piedmont Montgomery.
0: Ah, my loyal lunatics, this feels more like it. I am your host, Piedmont Montgomery, and this is Volumes of Fear. As I was explaining earlier, Winston isn't here yet. He had an appointment he had to attend, and he'll... Uh, I'm, I'm here! I'm here! Sorry I was late! The mechanic at the shop where my grandma takes her motorcycle was giving her a hard time over the price of repairs. Hmm. Would you say she was being unfairly charged? Definitely! They were trying to swindle her, those rotten swindlers! What a fine coincidence. You see... In this edition of Volumes of Fear, our protagonist, Norman, is the victim of a certain exaction. And to combat this deceitfulness, he must look for a new roommate to help him offset an unfair spike in his rent. But his new roommate is something otherworldly. Loyal lunatics, I present Norman's story to you in, My Roommate is a Space Zombie.
2: My name is Norman Eastman, and I'm a pretty simple guy. I used to like things to be orderly and in their place. I lived in the small town of East Ridge, and I worked at the cracker factory where I was an assistant manager. It wasn't complicated or too demanding, and I liked that. I worked Monday through Friday from 9 to 5, and I lived alone in a small two bedroom apartment. That is, until some shady circumstances changed my living arrangements. See, it all started one day when I was just sitting on my couch watching TV. And there was a knock at my door. Who could that be? When I opened the door, I found my landlord there, but he wasn't alone. Hey, Mr. Fertinelli. Hey, kid. Uh, got a minute to talk? Sure,
0: no problem. Who's your friend? This is my pal Knuckles. He's, uh, sort of helping me run the apartment complex. You know, doing odd jobs and things like
1: that.
2: Well, nice to meet you, Knuckles.
1: Same here.
2: You guys want to come in? I can grab the rent check for you. Here you go. This month's rent.
0: Yeah, uh, look, this is why we're here. Uh, See, me and Knuckles here, we was looking over the lease you signed when you moved in here. And, uh, well, on the lease it says... Rent subject to change whenever the landlord deems it necessary. So, I'm sort of deeming it necessary to change the rent. Like, right now.
2: You're changing the rent? Now? I don't understand.
0: Yeah, see, the lease says I can change it whenever I need to. I
2: still don't understand.
0: Like, you're going to raise my rent? Yeah, just another 75 bucks a month. Nothing crazy. You're raising my rent by $75 a month? I know this is a shock, but hey, it's only an extra 100 a month. You're good for it. I
2: know you are. Wait, you said an extra $75 a month, and then you just said an extra 100 a month. Did I? I must be confusing
0: you a bit here. I meant the rent is gonna be raised by $150 a month. You just raised it again. Yeah, I know, but hey, times are tough and
2: you signed the lease and all. I don't remember the lease saying you could just raise my rent whenever you needed to. I wouldn't have signed it if it had. Actually, we brought the leasing contract with us. Knuckles? Lease. Knuckles handed me the lease. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. At the bottom it read, Rent subject to change whenever the landlord deems it necessary, just like Mr. Fertinelli said. But the lease he was showing me didn't look like the lease I had originally signed. This one was riddled with poor grammar and bad spelling, and it was printed on the backside of a used piece of paper. And my signature didn't look anything like how I signed my name. I was pretty sure this wasn't the same contract I signed when I first moved in. I brought this up to Mr. Fertinelli, and it seemed to upset him.
0: Are you saying that I made a new lease just to get more money out of you? I'm insulted, and frankly, a little hurt. Hurt feelings.
2: I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but this is clearly not the original lease. Well, kid,
0: there's two options. Option one, you pay the new rent, and we leave you alone. Option two, you don't pay the new rent. And Knuckles here will help you pack your things so you can move out. Because you ain't going to be able to pack your stuff if your hands are broken. Broken
1: hands.
2: You're saying that if I don't pay the increased rent, Knuckles will break my hands? This is extortion.
0: Extortion? That's an ugly word. Ugly word. But hey, it is what it is. Now, you going to pay the new rent or is Knuckles going to have to break your hands?
2: I can't believe this. Here. Here's a check for the new amount.
0: There we go. That's better.
2: Is this how it's gonna
0: be from now on? We're good for this month. But we'll see you next month. Oh, and don't get any funny ideas about moving out before your lease is up or calling the cops. Knuckles here. He don't like funny ideas.
1: Don't like.
2: What was I supposed to do? They strong armed me. Plain and simple. I had no choice but to pay them what they wanted for the rent. Thankfully, they left right after getting the new check. I remember sitting down and trying to think what to do. They said specifically, don't try and move out early and don't call the cops. I was stuck. I needed to do something. That's when the thought occurred to me. What if I got a roommate? I mean, I had an extra room. Aside from my collection of novelty socks, it was empty. I could find a roommate and they could split the rent with me. So that's what I tried to do. I first tried calling some of my friends. No go, Normie. My boyfriend Ted and I are getting married soon. Breathe. Sorry, Norman, but your place is too small. I need a lot of room for my cat photography projects.
1: Well, I do appreciate the offer, Norman, but I currently have plenty of roommates. But please, send books.
2: I kept getting shut down. So I powered up my computer and made my own flyers saying that I was looking for a roommate. Let's see here. Add some verbiage here, center this up, put in some details, add what their share of the rent is, and of course, some clip art. Done. The flyer was done and got the point across. I went all around town and hung flyers up everywhere. I put one on the tech board at the library I put one on the front window of the Civic Center. I hung a bunch up at Beefy's Roast Beef and Darby O'Grills. I figured someone, somewhere, was bound to see it. A few days passed and I didn't hear anything. I was getting pretty nervous, but then one day, there was a knock at my door. Oh no, I hope it isn't Mr. Fertinelli and his bosom buddy Knuckles. I opened the door to find an odd-looking man standing there. He was very tall. I'd say close to seven feet tall. He was very thin and wiry, except for his stomach, which jutted out in an odd way, almost like he had a giant basketball underneath his shirt. And his hair was perfect. A little too perfect. It was longer and blonde, well-groomed, and it didn't seem to have a single strand out of place. At first, I thought he was another goon that worked for Mr. Fertinelli. (sighs) I still have three weeks till the rent is due. Or did Mr. Fertinelli send you to tell me that the rent has gone up again?
3: I'm sorry. I must have the wrong place. I found this flyer at the Civic Center. It said that someone was looking for a roommate.
2: Oh, goodness. Sorry about that. I thought you were someone else. Please, come in. So, I let this odd-looking man into my apartment. I wanted to get to know him before I agreed to let him move in. I asked him to tell me about himself.
3: Well, my name is Cal. I'm not from around here. I'm from far away, but I moved here because my job reassigned me. I work in data collection, sort of. It's complicated. I work remotely, you know, from home. And unfortunately, I work long hours, so really I'd be working most of the time. I don't have a girlfriend, and I don't have tons of friends, so I'd probably be pretty quiet. I guess I'm pretty boring.
2: No worries, Cal. I don't lead the most exciting life myself. In fact, I appreciate the quietness. I do like to keep this place clean, though.
3: Uh, yeah. I'll do whatever I can. I just need a place to stay.
2: And the share of the rent that's listed on the flyer? You don't have any issues?
3: No, not at all. I thought it was more than fair.
2: Excellent. I'd collect your share of the rent on the last Friday of every month, Then I write a personal check to Mr. Fertinelli, the landlord. Do you have any other
3: questions? Is there anything I should know about the apartment?
2: Hmm, you'd get the spare room. I just have to move my novelty sock collection. The toilet can be a little finicky, but I can show you a trick to get it to work. There's a lot of silverfish here. A lot. Other than that, it's just a typical two-room apartment. Nothing special or fancy.
3: Well, that just happens to be exactly what I'm looking for. Nothing special or fancy. Just something quiet.
2: I like to think I'm a good judge of character, Cal. And I think you and I would get along swimmingly. So what do you say? Will you be my roommate?
3: Definitely.
2: And like that, I had found a roommate. Cal was a little odd, but who was I to judge? He moved his stuff in and just kept to himself. He rarely left his room, but when he did, things between us were cordial. Hey, Norman. Hey, Cal. How are things going? Are you getting settled in? Yeah,
3: things are going well. All right, I'll talk to you later.
2: All right, see you then. He was very quiet, and days would go by where I wouldn't see him. There were even days where I forgot he had moved in. I appreciated the quiet, and nothing strange ever happened at first. But then one day, I came home from work and found something odd in the sink. Ew, what is in this bowl? There was a bowl in the sink and it had something gooey left in it. It looked like a sort of purplish jello, but it had chunks of some sort of mushy meat in it. I was grossed out, but I figured Cal had a taste for weird foods. I left the bowl in the sink thinking he would clean it up later, so I didn't let it get to me. But then the same day, I began to hear weird noises coming from his room. It sounded like a weird old timey computer was running at full speed, but it also sounded like Cal wasn't alone in there.
3: We need to get in touch with the commanders.
1: But I'm hungry!
2: You just ate three of them.
1: But we must grow strong if we
2: are to succeed. I wasn't sure what to make of it, but I figured that Cal had a work colleague over or something. As long as the place wasn't getting trashed, I didn't care. Cal was free to entertain guests as far as I was concerned, but over the course of the next week, I began to see more and more bulls were in the sink. All the bulls had the same pink, sort of purplish jello filled with mushy meat residue in them. I also noticed that the old-timey computer noises coming from his room were getting louder, and whoever had been visiting before was back and arguing with Cal.
3: We must continue our analysis.
0: Come on, Cal! I'm hungry again!
3: No, you need to take a break. We're going to bring attention to ourselves if we're not careful.
1: What about that cupcake roommate of yours?
3: No way, Oscar.
1: Cal, you know it's only a matter of time. I was
2: getting weirded out, and even a little paranoid. But it was later that night that something happened that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. I had just fallen asleep when I heard loud siren going off. I wasn't sure what to make of it. I got out of bed quickly and left my room to see where the noise was coming from. It was coming from Cal's bedroom. I was frustrated, but I knew I needed to say something. Cal, are you alright? You want me to come in?
3: Norman, yeah, I'm okay. I just had a call from work.
2: He's here. Come on, let's have a late night snack.
3: Shut up.
2: Look, Cal, it's sort of late for all the noise.
3: I'm sorry, Norman. We'll keep it down. I mean, I'll keep it down. Cal, can we maybe chat? Uh, well... Look what you made me do.
1: They're calling back. We must answer.
2: Cal, you okay?
3: Yeah, uh, Norman, can we talk tomorrow, please? Work is really busy right now.
2: I agreed and told Cal that we'd talk when I got home. I was getting weirded out, and honestly, I felt as though Cal was being disrespectful. I didn't look forward to this conversation, but I knew I needed to get a few things off my chest. When I got home from work, I was nervous and apprehensive, but I was ready to talk about this before things got worse. Hey Cal, can we talk for a minute?
3: Uh, hey, Norman. How's it going?
2: Look, man, we need to talk.
3: Yeah, probably a good idea.
2: Cal, I don't mind you entertaining guests or working late. It's just, if you could keep the noise down, especially at night, that'd be great.
3: No problem. Can do.
2: Also, the bowl's in the sink.
3: Oh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I need to do better at washing those.
2: I just like things quiet and orderly. Sorry, I know I can be a stickler.
3: I understand.
2: I actually did want to ask you, what was in those? Just a nutritional meal,
3: for me.
1: Just tell him.
3: Would you shut up? Excuse me? Not you, Oscar. Oscar?
1: Now
2: you've done it, genius. What was that? What was what? That voice I just heard. Just me. No, that wasn't you. That was someone else. Do you have a guest here?
1: Tell him, Cal. He's suspicious now. It's only going to get worse.
2: Where is that coming from?
3: Norman, (sighs) I gotta tell you something. Go ahead. That voice, it's a part of me. Well, a part of this body. What are you talking about? Norman, I'm... An alien. You're a what? A space alien. I'm not from this planet.
2: Cal, come on. Cal was about to go into a big spiel, I could tell. But then I noticed something strange. His hair, which had been perfectly groomed every time I had seen him, began to look different. All of it was still in place, but it was cockeyed. Like he was wearing a wig that was off-center. My attention was drawn away, though, as Cal began speaking.
3: Norman... I'm not from this planet. I was assigned here by my commanders. There's about a hundred of us here total. Our job is to collect data, observe, and analyze this planet to see how long it can provide sustenance for my people.
2: Sustenance?
3: We eat brains.
2: You mean to tell me, you're a brain-eating alien? Space
3: zombie is
2: the preferred term. You're a space zombie?
3: Yeah... That residue on the dishes in the sink? It's brain matter. And that voice you keep hearing? That's Oscar. He and I both inhabit this body.
2: Cal, you really expect me to believe that? I didn't believe Cal. Not one bit. Did he really expect me to believe that he was a space zombie?
3: Norman, it's the truth.
2: Someone's here, Cal. I'll take care of him. Why don't you think long and hard about what you're telling me, and if this is really the story you want to give me. I had a difficult time processing what Cal had just told me. I thought it was a tall tale. I mean, seriously, did he expect me to believe that he was a space zombie? I tried to shake off the disbelief as I headed for the apartment's front door. When I opened it, I found Mr. Fertinelli and Knuckles standing there.
0: Hey kid, it's that time of the month. It's time.
2: They were right. It was the day rent was due. At least this time I wasn't carrying the burden of the new rate alone. (sighs) Come on in. I'll write you the check.
0: Well, well, well.
2: Who's this? Did you get a roommate? Cal, this is Mr. Fertinelli and his friend, Knuckles. Guys, this is my roommate, Cal.
3: Nice to meet you both.
2: I've got the check over here. I'll see you guys next month.
0: Whoa, not so fast. New roommate means new rates. What? Yeah, rent just went up. Ain't that right, Knuckles? Went up. Oh, come on. More people living here means you owe more for rent. Excuse me,
2: what is going on here? Nothing, Cal. Just a little extortion.
0: Hey, kid, remember, that's an ugly word. Ugly word. This isn't right. What happens if he doesn't pay? What happens if he doesn't pay? Knuckles, show the new guy just a little bit of what happens if Norman doesn't pay his rent.
2: Suddenly, Knuckles grabbed me by the collar with one hand, and with the other, he open hand slapped me across the face. Ow! Man, that stung. Those calluses you have really make your hand feel like a paddle. See,
0: pal? That's what happens when Norman doesn't pay his rent.
2: You both make me sick. What's that? Cal's demeanor changed. When he and I were talking before Mr. Fertinelli and Knuckles arrived, he'd been placid. But now, Cal was visibly angry.
1: All right, it's party time.
2: Who
0: said that?
3: Norman, remember how I told you I was a space zombie? I'm about to show you I wasn't lying.
2: Suddenly, Cal pulled the hair off his head to reveal it was a wig the whole time. Cal's head then spun around. And on the back of his head was an ugly little face that had a scowl that looked like someone had just bitten into a dish of mashed potatoes, only to find out it was a dish of mashed turnips. And trust me, that is a foul surprise.
0: What is going on here?
2: Hey humans, I'm Oscar. Let's disco, party boys. Then Cal, or the ugly face, or whoever was controlling Cal's body, ripped his shirt off to reveal a massive jumbled ball of slimy, thin, green tentacles, compacted into his stomach. That explained why his stomach stuck out so much. Suddenly, two tentacles shot out of the massive jumble and wrapped themselves around the necks of Mr. Fertinelli and Knuckles. Their bodies shook about as they were dragged around the living room. I watched on in complete disbelief as the tentacles snapped the necks of Mr. Fertinelli and Knuckles, killing them both instantly.
1: Pretty cool, huh?
2: What? What are you? I'm Oscar. Oscar, let's switch
3: back so I can explain to Norman what's going on. Ah,
2: fine. I watched as Cal's head spun around so that his face was towards me once more.
3: See, I wasn't lying. I'm a space zombie.
2: I have so many questions. What are these tentacle
3: things? They're like extra arms that are really long and slimy.
2: And that ugly little face? Hey, you're no prize
1: looker yourself.
3: That's Oscar. We're separate beings, but we share the same body. I do most of the talking and diplomatic stuff. He does the feeding. After the tentacles kill our prey.
2: Feeding? You mean human brains? Like what was on the dishes in the sink? Yeah, kind of gross, I know. I needed an explanation, so I pressed Cal and he told me everything. My people come from a
3: distant planet in a very distant galaxy. The name is too complicated to pronounce. Anyway, my commanders dropped off about a hundred of us a few weeks ago, and since then, we've been settling into Earth's culture to learn about it and collect data for the homeworld. And you ended up here, in East Ridge. It's a strategic thing, you know, to take over the world.
2: So, you're an alien with a face on the back of your head and green slimy tentacles come out of your stomach, and you eat brains?
3: Yep. Ergo, space zombie.
2: Where do you get the brains from? Are they exclusively human? They are
3: human brains. Every night, I prowl the streets. I lure a victim into a dark alley and let the tentacles do their work. I then let Oscar feed for a bit on the brain, and then the leftovers I bring home and have a little snack later on. Are you going to eat my brain? Maybe down the road as we plan to take over Earth. But that's like a long-term thing, you know? And to be fair, the brains here aren't going to last us very long. There seems to be a shortage, really. Look, we can worry about all of that later. Right now, Oscar needs to eat.
2: Yeah, I'm hungry.
3: But more than anything, Norman, know this. I'm sorry I wasn't upfront with you about what I am. Not everyone can understand this. And at the end of the day, I still want to be roommates and friends. Can we
2: do that? Well, despite the possibility of you eating my brain in the future, I don't see why we can't be friends.
3: Thanks, Norman.
2: You two dweebs done yet? I'm
1: hungry.
3: Oscar is going to eat now. You may want to turn away.
2: Calvin stepped around the mess of tentacles that were distended from his stomach. He laid on top of Mr. Fertinelli's body so that his back was to the corpse. This gave Oscar an easier time to eat.
1: This guy tastes like a sardine.
2: Yeah, he's probably not the best tasting. So that's how I learned my roommate was a space zombie. All of that was about three years ago now. So much has happened since then, especially with the space zombies taking over Earth and enslaving all of us but that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess.
3: At least you had a heads up. I was grabbed by a bunch of the space zombies when I was going to the library. Do you and Cal still speak?
2: It's been a while. When the space zombies first took over, he'd stop by my cage and chat a little, but we've sort of lost touch.
0: I hope you can reconnect before you have your brain eaten. You two, come with me. It's time for us to eat your brains.
2: Well... I guess reconnecting isn't an option.
3: It could always be worse.
2: Yeah, but at least we don't have to pay rent.
0: What a gruesome end for Mr. Fertinelli and Knuckles, and Norman for that matter, and all of mankind, but extortion, coercion, blackmail, the squeeze, These things are truly dastardly, and the punishment should fit the crime. Wouldn't you agree, Winston? Winston? Sorry, I was on the phone with my grandma. Good news! She said she dealt with the mechanic and got her motorcycle all fixed up. She probably put him in a headlock. Well, at least we have one happy ending. We want to thank you for tuning in and enjoying this story about brain-eating aliens. We also want to thank our presenter, Crimson Night Productions. As always, they're a major part in the production of Volumes of Fear. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay informed and up-to-date. Until next time, my loyal lunatics, share the scare and like the lunacy.
1: This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of Josh Berkey, J.C. Rositas, Derek DeBoer, Shannon Riley, Jeremy McShirley, Christopher Speedus, Andy Collins, Frank Cezanne, and Odell Osegura Jr. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas From a script by Andy Collins Sound mixing and engineering was done by J.C. Rositas The artwork was by Derek DeBoer Post-production management was by Frank Cezanne Part of this episode's score came from FreePD.com This episode of Volumes of Fear was presented by Crimson Knight Productions Visit them online at cnproductions.net If you haven't already, follow Volumes of Fear on Facebook, or you will be sorry.